Broadcasting live from the KVXL studios at Liberty Baptist Church in Las Vegas. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. The Frittle Show with Crystal Heath. I've said that we must be cautious in claiming God is on our side. I think the real question we must answer is, are we on his side? Faith, family, freedom. For me, it's very simple. I think we've got to, we've got to get the country back on the right track with the most inspiring agenda. A voice in the desert. Now, here's Crystal Heath. All right, guys, what a crazy, crazy few days it has been. I'm Crystal Heath. You're listening to The Frittle Show on KVXL 101.1 FM, or maybe you're listening on iTunes, SoundCloud, or iHeartRadio. I didn't even realize that my show was on iHeartRadio. I vaguely remember trying to add it, like submitting, going through the process of, hey, I want to be on iHeartRadio, like literally years ago, maybe eight, (laughs) nine years ago. I don't even know what old email address I used to set that up or how it happened, but apparently it was approved. So you can listen to my program on iHeartRadio, which, you know, is just kind of cool. Anyway, I don't know why I was telling you that. Oh, yeah, I was just welcoming you. So welcome. Wherever it is that you're listening from, great to have you with us today. Man, just when you thought 2021 couldn't get any crazier, right? We have (laughs) GameStop stocks going through the roof. And all this chaos, what in the world is happening? Should you buy it? Should you sell it? Should you not? I'm not a financial expert by any means, but I am going to try today in today's program to at least give you kind of a a more layman's understanding of what's been happening there and why that stock has gone and done what it did. I didn't, uh, I missed the boat though. I didn't have any GameStop stock, try saying that 10 times fast, and didn't get on the the gravy train fast enough so once it hit like 300 i was like it's not worth buying anymore because things can go up a little more and then keep coming down but we'll see i did however last year i bought uh, i have a couple brothers that are really into the well i say really into not necessarily really into but they follow and they're interested in the stock market and in cryptocurrencies and last summer one of them I was asking him when everything was really low, I was like, okay, uh, I'm going to take a little bit of money. I'm going to invest it. Where should I, what are some things I should look at? And uh, even before that, like before I was looking at when it was really low, early 2020 or maybe even late 2019, I don't remember, but my one brother had told me I needed to buy Tesla. And it was like, at that point, it was like 250 bucks for, for a share. Then I was like, I don't have 250 bucks to put into a single stock. Do you have something cheaper? Like he was trying to get me started on Robinhood. So maybe it was like early 2019. I don't, I don't remember when it was, but he was trying to get me into Robinhood and doing some stocks on the side in addition to my 401k and that kind of thing. So I bought, uh, I was like, man, I really don't. He's like, no, if you can afford to buy, he's like, if you can afford to buy a couple, you should buy a couple. But he's like, if you are thinking about, he's like, don't buy a couple smaller stocks, buy one Tesla. Just buy one Tesla. So so I was like, and at that point in my life, 250 bucks, I really, I was like, oh man, that's rough. But I, I bit the bullet. I bought a Tesla stock for 250 bucks. Then uh, last year, Tesla split its stock because the price was going so high. Uh, it split their single stocks into five different stocks. So then I ended up with five Tesla stocks. And now each Tesla stock, you know, today, it's gotten really high. <laughs> I came down a little bit with all the, the GameStop madness, but I think it's around like 800 bucks a a share right now. So of course I'm like, yeah, you know, he was right. I should have bought multiple (laughs) 
Tesla stocks. But it's not wise to spend money you don't have, even if it is for investing necessarily. So I'm glad that I uh, was able to do that, get a little piece of the pie. Oh, so anyway, I was telling you that because last summer... When I was talking to my brothers about this, they were like, yeah, look at look at cruise lines, look at airlines, and look at theaters, because they're all getting shut down. Uh, people aren't using them, so their stocks are plummeting. Buy into a few of those, just kind of hold on to them, see what happens. So, fun fact, I bought five shares of AMC for $2.32 last summer. I still have them. I've been holding them because they really haven't increased in any value, so there wasn't a, wasn't a point in selling them. So, I'm, I'm rooting for the Redditors and the people that made the GameStop stop. The game stock stock go through the roof, and then if they are able to achieve the same thing with AMC, I'm going to sell off uh, there and hopefully put that back into buying some uh, some Tesla stock. But anyway, I'm going to explain that all to you. The it is not some great mystery that you cannot be part of, or that you can't participate in, or that you could never get into because you don't have $250. You don't need $250. Uh, there is a cryptocurrency right now that is also being targeted by. Uh, the game stoppers and the redditors. Um, I don't know how high that one will go, but if you're looking for a short-term play, there's some potential there, and I'll tell you about that in just a little while. I am not, however, let me say, before we get into any of that, by any means, a financial expert or financial advisor. Just some thoughts from my perspective I will share with you. Thoughts of a millennial who doesn't have very much money, but who enjoys having a little bit of money in different uh, online accounts and watching it grow. And then plummet, and then grow, and then plummet. Because that's what happens when you invest in these sort of things. But before we get to that, let's, uh, let's talk about our, our president, Joe Biden. Because today's program is Biden and Bitcoin to the moon. And if you've been following the financial stuff at all, you'll understand the whole to the moon phrasing. But uh, Joe Biden has signed 24 executive orders and 37 presidential actions in his first week in power. But during his campaign run, he seemed like he really wasn't into executive actions. Um, when George Stephanopoulos asked Joe Biden during an interview if his tax increases would happen soon after he got in office, Joe Biden said, I've got to get the votes. I've got to get the votes. I think this is a strange notion. We are a democracy. Some of my Republican friends and some of my Democratic friends even occasionally say, well, if you can't get the votes by executive order, you're going to do something. Things you can't do by executive order unless you are a dictator. We're a democracy. We need consensus. So, prior to the election, we have Joe Biden reminding us that you can't legislate by executive order unless you're a dictator and we're a democracy that needs a consensus. And by the way, he's exactly right. Uh, one week into office, he has signed more executive orders than any of his predecessors. 24 executive orders, 37 presidential actions. Hmm. I see. By the way, uh, another thing that uh, the Biden campaign said in a statement uh, when Trump did an executive order on the coronavirus, he said, uh, this is no art of the deal. It's not presidential uh, leadership. Some measures do ha far more harm than good. Uh, you're sowing division rather than pulling people together to get a package passed. So in other words, you're governing by executive order because you're not able to get people to coalesce around your ideas. Interesting. Interesting. So could we then assume that 
President Biden is governing by executive order because he cannot get people to uh, coalesce around his ideas. Oh, and by the way, you should look at what's happening with Senate or the Senate organization right now. Look at what's happening with how the Senate is organized and the fact that Democrats have not actually reorganized in the Senate yet. It's a very fascinating thing. Anyhow, so we have all of these uh, executive actions, and you can look up different politicians talking about how evil executive actions are. You can look up Trump has a, so many quotes about the evils of executive action, even though he, too, utilized them and utilized them often. And uh, Joe Biden called them out and said, you can't do that unless you're a dictator, but he's been doing it. So uh, in governing by his own words as a dictator, these are some of the executive orders that we have seen from this administration since Biden took office just over a week ago. We had uh, we had a memorandum that froze a bunch of rules that were passed in the final days of Trump presidency. We also saw that uh, affected the drug care industry and the prices of insulin. Have increased. We had the executive order to rejoin the Paris Climate Accord, an executive order to promote promote racial equity, a proclamation ending the ban on U.S. entry from majority Muslim countries, an executive order requiring mask wearing on federal property, which Biden then went out and promptly uh, disregarded, an executive order coordinating a government-wide COVID-19 response. Because. I guess they assume there hadn't been one. And the goals they set up, by the way, were goals that were already being accomplished by what Trump had put in. But I digress. An executive order revising immigration enforcement uh, policies. An executive order undoing regulatory restrictions on federal agencies. Because, you know, the federal government is great at everything they do. An executive order incorporating undocumented immigrants into the census. Talked about this, uh, I don't know if it was last week or the week before, but there is... Political reasoning behind that one has to do with redistricting and where individuals like this would end up living and what the voter population looks like in those areas. An executive order refocusing on the climate crisis and canceling the Keystone uh, Pipeline, killing thousands of jobs in his first weeks in office. An executive order banning discrimination on the basis of gender identity or sexual orientation. Boys may now participate in girls' sports if they are participating in a school that receives any sort of government funding. A memorandum revamping regulatory review. We had an executive order mandating an ethics pledge for government appointees. A proclamation pulling funds from the border wall, even as we were setting up a wall around the Capitol to protect our elected officials, we're saying we do not need a wall along our southern border to affect, to protect the American people. An executive order pausing federal student loan payments. A memorandum reinstating deferred, deferred enforced departure for Liberians. I, I don't actually have a problem with this one at all. Uh, a memorandum strengthening the deferred action for childhood arrivals. So DACA, it's Obama-era program, um... I've talked about that in the past. You can look up past podcasts if you want to find out about DACA. We had an executive order promoting COVID-19 safety in domestic and international travel. You may no longer fly on an airplane without wearing a mask. Has anyone actually done this? No, but okay. An executive order expanding access to COVID-19 treatments. I mean, do you want to look at New York and how they're throwing them away? Also, new report, New York State underreported their COVID death count by thousands, if not more, particularly in nursing homes. But you won't read about that in Governor Cuomo's book. Uh, a memorandum supporting the state's use of National Guard in COVID-19 response. An executive order strengthening the public health supply chain. 
what? Like, that just, that just sounds like something out of a movie. An executive order establishing the COVID-19 Health Equity Task Force. An executive order supporting the reopening and continuing operation of schools. An executive order promoting workplace safety amid the pandemic. An executive order establishing a COVID-19 pandemic testing board. Okay, if you go back and look at quotes from Democrats and Joe Biden, they will talk about how uh, Trump signed a bunch of stuff that was all just fluff and didn't actually really accomplish anything. It was just like statements, like press releases. If you go through most of these, most of these are like press releases. Some of them actually do things like the boys in, in girls sports and the Paris Climate Accord, but many of them are just <sighs> unnecessary and they're political statements. An executive order expanding food assistance programs, an executive order assisting veterans with debt, an executive order are guaranteeing rather unemployment insurance insurance for workers who refuse work due to COVID-19. This one this one takes the cake, I think. All you have to do is say you're afraid of catching COVID and you cannot be denied unemployment compensation. Unbelievable. An executive order establishing benefit delivery teams. An executive order facilitating delivery of stimulus payments again some of these i'm just like what in the world why do we need an executive order to facilitate the delivery of stimulus payments have we not been able to send out stimulus payments oh yes we have and then people are taking them and buying games stock Uh, an executive order to address covid19 economic relief an executive order empowering federal workers and contractors uh, and requesting that the Department of Labor develop a a, a proposal so that all federal employees would receive a minimum wage of $15 an hour. An executive order reversing the transgender military ban, a proclamation reinstating COVID-19 travel restrictions. So the the quote-unquote Muslim ban lifted, but the evil uh, uh, racist COVID-19 travel restrictions, uh, those have been reinstated. Mm-hmm. An executive order promoting the Buy American Agenda. The executive order calling for evaluation of Trump's housing policies. An executive order to end reliance on private prisons. An executive order reaffirming commitment to tribal sovereignty. An executive order denouncing anti-Asian discrimination and xenophobia. What do we call it exactly when Biden blocks people from coming from European countries into this country? or from South Africa, or from Brazil. Is, is, is there a xenophobic term that we would apply to him then, if it was xenophobic of Trump to suggest that we should have a travel ban on certain, you know, South Asian countries where the virus was rampant? No? Doesn't work that way? Just hypocrisy? Okay, just checking. An executive order initiating a plan to combat climate change. A memorandum on scientific integrity. This just cracks me up. You know now it's best if you wear 17 masks because one really doesn't cut it. An executive order reestablishing the Presidential Council on Science and Technology. So scientific integrity wasn't enough. Or maybe the Presidential Council on Science and Technology is supposed to then employ scientific integrity and we needed two orders to ensure that. An executive order reinforcing Medicaid and the Affordable Care Act, a memorandum expending access to reproductive health care, a.k.a. he has revoked the Mexico City policy. This policy blocked federal funding to foreign organizations that perform abortions. So, everybody who voted for Biden because he was the moral and conscionable choice, we are now funding abortion, so... Hope your conscience is okay with that one. 
Um, but none of these edicts, none of these dictatorial clamations and orders are anything compared to a really, really big rumor which needs to be dealt with, like, quickly, before this becomes another uh, QAnon situation. But there is a little birdie flying around saying that the reason... Robinhood halted training on trading on GameStop and uh, AMC and other stocks was due to a call that they received from a certain house, which is white. And um, if that is true, this is a really, really, really big deal. It honestly wouldn't surprise me either way. I, I unfortunately would not be surprised if it is true, and I also would not be surprised if it is not true. We don't know on that yet, but Biden has not been the story this week. In fact, the media <laughs> the media is largely going crazy because they don't know what to do with the big story of this week. This week, we have seen liberals and conservatives align Ted Cruz and AOC actually agree on something this week. And that is this whole hedge funds being destroyed as the little guy sticks it to the rich. <laughs> the SEC is reviewing this. The White House said it is watching moves. Again, there are rumors, rumors that perhaps the White House had something to do with Robin Hood shutting down. There's going to be a lot of Democrats backpedaling if that turns out to be true. Um, but if if you've been tr watching this or seeing this in the news or seeing people talk about <coughs> excuse me or you've been seeing people talk about this on social media and you're like what in the world is this what is happening what is short selling what is all this stuff that i keep reading about so gamestop um i guess it was was it the beginning of last week was at about uh like 20 bucks i think a share now, the end of, well, it's Thursday afternoon when I'm recording this, we have GameStop was around like 420 the last time I looked. Let me see. I think it had fallen a bit because of all the stop in trading. Um, let me see. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's down to like 200 bucks. Ouch. Yeah, so, um, and I'll get into that too. But so, so GameStop just flew. And the reason this happened, okay, uh, there's this there's a social media site called Reddit, and on Reddit, I I generally avoid Reddit because I I just can't. There's just too much happening there. I have a sibling that absolutely loves Reddit, and it is amazing the information they get from Reddit. It blows my mind, the things they figure out how to do just based on tidbits and and tips they find on Reddit, but. A bunch of Redditors discovered that shorts, um, uh, short and option dealers had actually overbought GameStop. I can't even say it. GameStop stock. So they were so banking on this that they they bought 140 percent, or borrowed against, depending on how you want to look at it. But it was it was over leveraged, shall we say? And that left a gap. So you had the short-selling 
issue going on. So short selling is a strategy where investors borrow shares from a stock to sell them at a certain price, and they expect that the market value is going to fall below that price when it comes time for them to pay for the shares that they borrowed. Okay? And you're like, uh, that's not helping me at all. <laughs> okay. So, basically, now that I don't even know how to try and explain this to you. Um, sorry, my brain is not my brain is not working. What you do need to know is that GameStop itself does not actually have anything uh, to do with this. But in 2016, GameStop had like nine billion dollars in sales. By 2019, uh, that had dropped to by about a billion dollars. And in 2020, many believe because of the pandemic, GameStop just plummeted like another two billion. So in four years, they went from uh, about nine and a half billion dollars to about six and a half billion dollars. The company lost uh, almost 800 million in, in 2019, about 300 million through October of last year. No one was expecting them to show a profit on their ledgers until 2023. So, um, while gaming moves online and teenagers aren't buying video games in the stores because you can just just get the digital download now, GameStop was seeing a lot of... They were facing a tumultuous future, shall we say. And GameStop knew this. And GameStop has been, been trying to scramble and figure out what they're going to do to turn things around. They know that they were heading downward. Investors agreed. And investors bet against GameStop succeeding because they see what's happening in the market. They see where things are going and they said GameStop is going to fail. So, put it another way. If you had put $100 into the S&P 500 in January 2015, you would have had about $180 five years later. If you put it into an index, you'd get about $194. If you had put that $100 into stock of GameStop, then by the end of January of 2020, you would have had about $15. So GameStop was a was just, they were done. They were finished. So... In five years, if you had invested $100 in GameStop, it's now down to $15 last year. That's where you have the short sellers come in. The short sellers were part of hedge funds, and they said, you know what, we think that GameStop, not only is it $15 right now, but we think it's going to get even lower. So, here's normally what happens is you get investors that are good at what they do. They'll buy stocks at low prices. They hold on to the stocks, hoping that they'll increase. And then once they get high, they'll sell them later on. So kind of like I told you about, I bought AMC last summer, $2.32. It's done nothing. It's gone lower. And, you know, I've been sitting on them, though, hoping that they'll get higher. And then once they reach a point where I'm comfortable selling them, then I would sell them. The idea behind it is that you think, if you think that a company is going to substantially see substantial growth, then you hold, the, did you buy the stock, you hold the stock, or you, anyway, that, that's just like a, a little, a little example of like what normal uh, investing might look like in the stock market. Short selling does something different. With short selling, you're borrowing shares of stock from a big institutional investor, right? You're paying a, a small fee to do this, so think of it kind of like a credit card. And then, once you, once you borrow them, you sell what you've borrowed at the current market price, you're waiting for the price to decline, and then once your, your, your price 
uh, falls far enough, you buy them back and then return them to the person that you borrowed them from. Okay, so it's, it's literally like the opposite of what you would think of as normally investing. So normally investing, you buy the stock, you're hoping it goes higher, and then you sell it. Okay, in this case, what you see is short selling means I, I borrow the stock from you and I be, borrow meaning it, like it goes to that person, but they have to return it. So they have to return the stock to the, from, to the person from which they got it. So they borrow it, they sell it. Okay. Now, when they sell it, they are committing to rebuy it. It doesn't, they don't have to rebuy it like the next day or the next week or even the next year, but they have to rebuy. Well, I shouldn't say that. It, it depends on the terms. But the point is they have to rebuy it. And the reason they're selling it is because they're banking on in that one day or that one week or whatever is their terms, this is going to be lower. Or at some point in that time, it's going to be lower. So they buy it, they sell it. They want that stock price to fall. And once that stock price falls far enough, then they buy it back again, return it to the person that they got it from. Okay? So it's, it's really a simple... It's really simple. It, it sounds scary and weird, but it's, it's really not. So normal investing, you're wanting your stock price to rise. Short selling, you're wanting that stock price to fall. In September of 2020, thestreet.com reported that GameStop was one of the most heavily shorted stocks in the market after its shares had just been plummeting, as I already went over. There was a point last year, according to Forbes, that more than 100% of outstanding GameStop shares were being short-sold. So what happened? There is a, a forum on Reddit called Wall Street Bets. This is a chat room where anybody can get in there and talk about the stock market. In Wall Street Bets, for the last two years, people have been talking about how they need to buy up GameStop, GameStop because their stock was undervalued. Eventually... Higher-profile investors started to take notice of what these Redditors were talking about, including a guy named Michael uh, Burry, famous short seller from the book The Big Short. In August of 2019, Burry told Barron's, again according to Forbes, that he thought GameStop's balance sheet was actually in a very good shape and that it could justify a much higher share price because it could generate enough cash flow to do so. In April of last year, the Wall Street Bets Reddit group came together around an idea where they would buy the GameStop stock in mass in an effort to force the price higher. So, essentially what you see here is a game of chicken. Okay? We have the short sellers trying to wait this out and hold. And then you have the people that are driving up the price holding. So, um, how do I, how do I put a nice bow on this? Um, there was a really good thread. Let me see if I can find this. Um, there's a guy named Aaron, Aaron D., on Twitter. 
Mr. Brown Eyes 2020. I don't know anything about this person. I don't necessarily think that you should go and follow him. He just had an excellent thread explaining how this is happening and what is going on. So through this week, at least one hedge fund has gone bankrupt. Okay, if you want to know about hedge funds, it's really fascinating. And you can go, uh, I think, just just well the history of hedge funds. Read about how they started. And that, I think, is the easiest way to understand what a hedge fund is. And if you think of it like hedging your bets, you're, you're kind of right. Um, but I'm, I'm running out of time, so I'm not going to get a definition of hedge fund. I'll let you go do that work for yourself because I want to wrap this up. But We've seen at least one hedge fund go uh, bankrupt because of this. We're going to see several others. Uh, in uh, And I already explained that when stock goes up with normal investing, you make money. When it goes down, you lose money. With short selling, again, it's the opposite. Short selling, you make money when the stock goes down. So uh, we had what we saw was hedge funds trying to force down the price of GameStop, like I just explained a minute ago, and short the stock. Usually this works out fine. This has literally been done thousands of times by people that have hedge funds and other uh, people that do short selling, and yet generally it has no problems. So they shorted GameStop. They're short selling GameStop from $20 to $10. It got all the way down to $4. They kept going. They kept going. They were making billions of dollars in these hedge funds, almost bankrupted GameStop. And then you have Wall Street bets. They realized that these hedge funds had short sold 140% of all available shares. They had literally borrowed more shares than what existed. It then became literally impossible for them to buy them all back. So when Wall Street bets realized this, and they know that the rule is, if you borrow the shares, they must be paid back. So these Redditors, normal people like you and me, they, went, they, they all went in together. They bought every share they could possibly get their hands on, which drove up the price. Why did the price skyrocket like this? Because the hedge funds and the short sellers eventually, usually within a few months, have to buy them back. Does not matter what the price is, you don't have a choice. So, for example, if they borrowed 10 million shares and sold them for $10, they made $100 million in immediate profit. And um, that's uh, if each one was 10 million, you understand me? Um, but eventually, they have to buy those million shares back. They don't have a choice. That was the deal they made when they borrowed the shares. So the Redditors, they buy the shares, they drive the price up. Now these hedge funds have to buy them back. So the hedge funds sold the shares, made $100 million, but they have to return them to, the, to where they borrowed them from. So now they have to spend, get this now, if they, had, if they had done the math like I just showed you, if they borrowed 10 million shares, sold them each for $10 and made $100 million immediate profit, they would then have had to spend almost $1.5 billion to buy them back. That is a loss of essentially $1.4 billion. So, then what happens? What do the, what do the hedge funds do now? They double down. They keep short selling. Hoping that they can manipulate the stock back into crashing and save themselves. Fast forward. Every attempt to crash the stock is failing. Everybody knows what they're trying to do, so people keep buying the stock. And with the, and then you get more media attention, more people buy the stock. 
the the hedge fund keeps being destroyed because now they are being <laughs> I mean 1.1.4 billion dollars in losses is a lot of losses. So then you get to a point where Melvin Capital, a multi-billion dollar hedge fund needed a bailout because it lost so much money shorting GameStop. So they borrowed billions of dollars off of another hedge fund this past Monday. The stock price at GameStop was $76. On Tuesday, stock price of GameStop about $150 from $4 previously. As of yesterday, the hedge funds were still shorting the stock of at 130% of available shares. And all of those shares still have to be paid back. Now, what happens? You have these Redditors and now other people that are looking at this and saying, wait a second, wait a second, should I do this, should I do this? And again, I'm not telling you should do this. I'm trying to explain to you in, in layman's terms so you understand what's happening with this. So then you have apps all over the place that as of, well, on Thursday afternoon and then again pretty much all day, or I'm sorry, on Wednesday afternoon and then all day today, that have basically shut down. Says you can't you can't buy any more GameStop. You can only sell it, and they are effectively driving the price of GameStop down by not allowing anyone to purchase it. So, is that illegal? Uh, yeah, what Robinhood is doing is illegal. It's literally market manipulation. Illegal. That's why they have had a, a lawsuit filed against them in federal court. And that's why if there was any kind of interaction between the White House and any of these apps in this, which is a huge deal. But again, we don't know that yet. That I think will come out in the lawsuit if, uh, if it is true. But then isn't it illegal then what the Redditors have been doing? Aren't they manipulating the market? Well, that one is a little more tricky. The answer, as best I can figure it out, is not really. Because they're essentially doing what the short sellers are doing, but in the opposite way. They're, they're playing against the short sale. Another thing you should know, hedge funds, by the way, you can't even get into a hedge fund unless you have over 200, I believe it's 200 grand. And you can only make four trades in a day, but if you have more than $25,000 in your account, you can make as many as you want. So the system, if you will, is heavily weighted in favor of those with a lot of money. Will the government shut down the market? Probably not, because that would be acknowledging that these rich people messed up and that normal people were taking them to the cleaners for it. If they give in, they're losing credibility. Not that there's a whole lot of credibility right now, but right now, the general consensus is Reddit guys are the good guys and the hedge fund guys are the bad guys. But big money always takes care of big money. Like big government takes care of big government. And what you've seen is media giants that are some of the biggest, richest, most influential uh, men and organizations on the planet that are trying to help out these, uh, these hedge funds. There were even guests on CNBC trying to claim that what happened with GameStop was a plot by foreign governments to try and harm the U.S., no, they don't go after our banks or the U.S. Treasury. No, they go after GameStop. Seriously? Come on, man. But the danger in this is, is 
as I see it, twofold. Okay, so this is why I'm cautioning you against getting in on on any of this right now. If you don't already have stock in any of this, um, unless you are financially savvy or have someone who is very financially savvy with the markets that understands what's going on and can walk you through it, please don't go and buy like a thousand shares of GameStop because you think they're going to go back up again. Okay, that's probably not wise right now. Again, not a financial advisor, just my two cents. But, but twofold concern here is that, number one, there's going to be people that don't usually follow the markets that are going to see all this happening on the news, and then they're going to jump in now. Once the once they're going to ride the far side of the wave, so they're going to jump and they're going to buy GameStop at like 200 bucks, and then once things settle down, they're going to lose thousands upon thousands of dollars as GameStop continues to plummet. Because the fact of the matter is, GameStop isn't worth... 400, I think it capped out at like $467 a share. GameStop isn't worth $467 a share. I mean, it's not worth $4 either. Now, granted, the, the hedge fund guys and the short sellers are driving it way down. It's probably realistically worth someplace around 20 to anywhere between $20 and $50 a share. It's probably a better, uh, a better accurate number for what GameStop would actually be worth. So if you weren't already in the game, my advice... Again, I'm not a financial person, but I wouldn't jump in. If you if you're not familiar with any of this stuff and you're just like, I don't I don't know what to you can read about it, you can study it, you can like I Google is a great resource. You can watch uh you can watch all kinds of different stuff on YouTube. There's YouTubers that go ahead and, and explain this better than I can, but just be cautious. Alright? And and tread lightly and you might say well you don't make money by being cautious that is true <laughs> but you also don't lose money by being cautious either so uh my th my advice to you if you've never done any of any kind of trading in the stock market or in cryptocurrency is that you not jump in during all the crazy when the crazy calms down that's when you start to get involved Simply because, and this is why, I just don't want to see you lose a whole bunch of money. Now, if you want to go in, if you want to sign up for the Robinhood app, which, by the way, if you do, and I love Robinhood, by the way. I've used it for years, and everybody's dumping Robinhood because they closed down trading, but I think there was something else going on there. I do believe there was a reason why they did that, and we'll see uh, what that reason may or may not have been. But Robinhood has been very good. Uh, it's a very secure, very good app. And if you sign up, uh, you can get a free stock. Just for signing up. I have a friend that got a stock of Apple for signing up. Which is a really good stock to get for free, by the way. Um, and I have a link up on my Facebook and my Twitter. If you want to sign up for Robinhood and you use my link, then we both get a free stock when you sign up. So if you want to sign up and you want to buy you know, AMC just in case you know, it goes crazy and say it's $10 today and you're thinking, hey, I can, I can risk $10. All right, then you know, go ahead and do that. But don't buy like a hundred shares of AMC unless you're 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 doing that with some serious uh consulting with your financial <laughs> advisor okay if you want to buy like one or two on the down low that's one thing all right if you want to make a big gamble you need to you need to talk to your financial advisor and you need to have money to play with so most of the time what I do when I invest in the stock market, it's because I get money unexpectedly or 
you know, just money that I, I don't already have budgeted. So for example, my last stimulus check is all in cryptocurrency in the stock market, every penny of it. If the government's going to give me $600, then I'm going to go ahead and invest that because that's not money I was planning on having. That's not money that I, well, I mean, I did earn it because it's my tax money coming back to me, but you understand what I'm saying. Okay. So that's, that's the kind of money that I put into investing in, in the markets on my own. It's completely different than what happens with my 401k and my traditional uh, investing, but money that I play with when I try and buy Bitcoin and different cryptocurrencies or what I do with the stocks on Robinhood, that's money that I have that just is money I wasn't thinking was coming that I didn't need for something else. Okay, if I had needed like a car repair or if my kids needed uh, school books or something like that, then that then becomes a priority because if a man doesn't take care of his own household, he's worse than an infidel. Okay, so if you can't afford uh, to buy your kids pizza this weekend and have a fun time with them, then you cannot afford to be going and investing in cryptocurrencies or in stocks someplace and uh, <laughs> and having fun with that either. All right. Oh, fun story. Then I'm going to let you go. True story. I have a very good friend. And uh, when he, I don't know, I feel like it was a little over a year ago, um, when stocks were really low, he was also looking at cryptocurrency. And he invested in a cryptocurrency because, um, because of the name of the cryptocurrency. All right. And I'm not going to tell you what it is because I don't want any of you to go, go nutso on this. But uh, <laughs> he, the name of the cryptocurrency was related to something near and dear to him. Okay. And so, he, and it was, it was priced at 0 0.0028 cents per coin in this cryptocurrency. So he had some, he had some, some play money, if you will about a thousand bucks and he'd sunk all of it into this cryptocurrency that crypt and he told me he was like you need to get some of this it costs basically nothing what if it's the next bitcoin what if it goes to a dollar what if it goes to ten dollars imagine if it goes to a hundred dollars if it if this crypto goes to just a hundred dollars Mind you, Bitcoin is trading at about 32000 right now. But if this crypto he invested in goes to $100, he will be a multi-billionaire. If it goes to just $10, he'll be a multi-millionaire. And if it reaches one measly dollar, the dude's going to have like three hundred and fifty grand, Because he put in a thousand bucks on something that was a a gamble, but that he could afford to make that investment in hopes that it would go up in value. And it looks like it's going to be something that the Redditors are going to target. So there's a very good possibility that he could hit $1 to $10 in the next few weeks. And I'm like, dude, cash out. We are best friends. Um, you can share that with me. <laughs> uh, but anyway, that's... Uh, that's my fun story about the stock market. And as for the rest of you that are still like, okay, okay, so we talked about Biden. We talk, Do we really talk about Bitcoin? Not really, um, but cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin, we're talking about the stock market. So I threw that in there because I thought it would be fun for the title. To the moon is what all the Redditors have been saying. When they find a stock that they're going to coalesce around, They uh, the thing they tweet all the time is the 
the uh, the acronym for the stock and to the moon. So there you go. Now you know. Hopefully that was helpful to you. Hopefully you have a better understanding of what has been going on with this craziness. I, I have really enjoyed it because there has been a political piece in social media over the last few days that I don't think we've seen in literally more than a year. And it's just been really refreshing. Hard to believe that money would be less controversial than politics. Not that it's less controversial. Um, it's less controversial for us little people that don't have a lot of it. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> Uh, just don't fall in love with it because the love of money is the root of all evil. Thanks so much for being with us. We will see you next week. Same time, same place on all your favorite listening apps. Have a great week, everybody.